Material for the brain. Conversations for thinking bodies. Hello and welcome to Material for the Brain podcast. Today is our 14th episode and together with me is Vili Erber, a martial artist, a coach and the co-founder of Science of Jiu-Jitsu Martial Art Gym. Vili holds a black belt in Japanese and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and a master degree in sports science. I met Vili four and a half years ago when I started my own journey in the world of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and nowadays I'm training at his gym under his guidance. What I really admire about Vili is how he manages to approach the hardships of training with ease and smile, finding a way to lighten up the toughest moment in the gym and transform them into pleasurable and playful challenges. In our conversation, we were looking at the question of how to deal with aggression, what does training has to do with character building, and what are the foundations for self-defense. Vili is a very humble guy, and as far as I'm concerned, a good example for everything he stands for. I was really happy for the opportunity to talk to him in person, and I hope that you too can benefit from everything that he has to share. Hey, Vili. Hey. Welcome to my podcast. Very nice to have you. How yeah, you? thank you. Uh, thank you, good, yeah. A little bit tired, like always, but okay. Yeah, first, I'm quite excited because it's the f- you're the first guest that I interview in person. And it's funny because it made me feel like that I'm already much more used to speak with people through all these Zoom and online <laughs> stuff. That, that uh, yeah, like after a year of this corona lifestyle, this feels already a little bit strange. How is it for you? Are you also... Too much online or like no no i'm happy that i'm not so much online because basically because of my job i have to work with people and also uh, in the time of the pandemics so i have to work with people so my online time is basically the same as always mm. and yeah so what what are you doing now how what, what is happening with you work-wise uh, likewise <laughs> okay basically i have i have one main job so i'm the sports director of the austrian Jiu-Jitsu federation and beside that, I opened with a good friend of mine, a gym, the SOGJ, so the Science of Jiu-Jitsu, like a Jiu-Jitsu school, like one year ago. And yes, and then private family life. Also <laughs> a lot of time, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. And basically, that's every minute in my life. Yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, I, mean, I mean, I know you from the Jiu-Jitsu world, also you're my trainer at the moment, I mean, I, and I train at your gym. And first, like, how, how, how are you guys feeling with this? You had, like, the worst timing in the world. You just yeah, opened true. a gym. And I remember, like, I just bought, like, a 10-entry t- uh, ticket. And then a week after <laughs> <laughs> Corona started, how did, you, yeah, how was, did it affect you it guys? It was re- really crazy. Uh, it affected us basically a lot because um, we opened our gym. And I think one, one and a half months later, we have to close the gym. It was the first lockdown in Vienna. And then we reopen again some months later for, I think, three months. And then we close again because of the laws in Austria. And so basically the first year we closed, I think, about 70% of our school. (laughs) So very crazy. But uh, nevertheless, we have a lot of good feedback from the people. And we managed to grow quite good. 
So let's see what happens when we can reopen here. Yeah, yeah I, I will definitely be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really miss the the training and I feel like it's, yeah, this is maybe the biggest effect I, I experienced with the corona that like body contact is so jeopardized at the moment and it's mm. it's so uh, unusual, like, People start to be afraid of touching each other. I guess that in your experience, you are not you 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 cannot share this so much because you're you stay in, in more physical contact with people yeah, through yes. your job, no? Yeah, yeah, I say more contact because the top athletes from Austria they can train through the pandemic with a lot of tests and safety reasons and all this stuff. So I have the luck that I can train normal at the moment. Uh, but yes, what is in my mind very hard is. I think for many people now they understand that in many different sport situations you have contact. It's not only martial arts, basically it's soccer too. It's it's basketball and area. You have always contact with the body. And so at the moment, yeah. Yeah, like maybe maybe the next thing that they will discover is that you can also pass the corona through objects and so also <laughs> tennis will not be okay. Ping pong. Yeah, maybe I have no idea. Yeah, this is gonna be uh, the next the next level of challenge. <laughs> Uh, man, I know you already for, I think, kind of five years, four and a half years since I started training, but I've never really heard anything about your background. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just know a little bit that you you come from more traditional martial arts, but maybe you can tell a little bit, how did you get to the point where you are black belt in Brazilian mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu and also black belt in traditional Jiu-Jitsu? And what was your own mm -hmm. story to get there? So my martial arts life. Okay. Um, basically, I start with Judo when I was, I think, five, six years old, uh, because at the time when I started, I think judo schools were, there are much more places with judo schools and they have a better better program for kids. So I started with judo. Uh, then after two, two and a half years, uh, I have to make a break because of a big operation on my hip. So basically one leg was about 15 centimeters longer than the other. Mm. Um, so I have to break. After this, uh, it was quite good. I started with Aikido because Jude is a lot of falling and the doctor said, yeah, it's not so good for the hip because basically mm. you fall on the hip all the time. And Aikido is like more rolling movement. Of course you fall too, but it's, it's a different of falling. And I started with Aikido and after I think one, one and a half year again, uh, switched to Chishitsu because the whole time my father trained Chishitsu and has uh, his own little school, not his school, but he was a teacher there. Okay. And yes, and then I started Chishitsu because it was already in my life all the time, but mm, it's not really, I don't really see it. And yes, then I started Chishitsu with like 13, 14. So traditional Chishitsu, not Brazilian Chishitsu. Yeah. Mm. So this was basically then my, my martial arts life, the next... I don't know, many, many years. And then I get black belt in traditional Chishitsu. At the moment, I have the first degrees. So basically, it's a long time. And the black belt, so Brazilian Chishitsu, I started about eight, nine years ago. But it was not like I joined a PGJ school and started as a white belt. It was more like, okay, the world is sing, especially on YouTube and all the media and stuff. And I started, okay, let's try uh to do the sparring to the rolling mm. just a little bit more more technique because in the traditional school where 
I came from and where I'm also be, uh, we roll and we spar every training. But it okay. was more like not the technical sparring. So it's we it's more traditional techniques and maybe self defense and throws and chant locks and all that stuff. But more standing. But in the beginning or at the end, we spar just that we sweat and it's mm. like the physical contact you have, yeah. Uh, and so I was already like into it. <laughs> mm. And then I started with a good friend with um, Daniel Kenhuber from Salzburg. Mm. And basically we train like YouTube, we look at YouTube video <laughs> and okay, what is this? Okay, let's repeat it, let's go. So basically YouTube was my first teacher. Okay. And then I joined different schools. So my blue belt in Brazilian Chile I got from Hans Hutton. So he's from Munich in Germany, also a good friend nowadays. He gave me the blue belt because I was there on a seminar, on many different seminars, but on the seminar. And he said, man, you're not really a white belt. Come on, here's the blue belt. Get it. <laughs> so, okay, thank you. <laughs> and that's it, yeah. Mm, and then I get more and more into it. And then I started at the BGJ school at this time at City Dong, I think, was the next step. In, next here in Vienna already. Yes, in Vienna, yeah. Uh, and the teacher there was uh, Thomas Genske. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, now. Now he's also living in Germany. Was a black belt from uh, I think Roger Gracie. Um, and yeah, he gave me the purple belt after I don't know one, two, three years. And then I go to CR team because Thomas Genske leave and he goes to Germany. And then there was two or three months, not really a teacher at this place and. Okay, I, have, I feel it was not the end of my way because yeah. martial arts is never really an end. And then I go to the CR team, to Peter, and there I get the brown belt and some years later, the black belt. Yeah. Black belt. So, so your father was to some degree an important figure in your life, like directing you there? Like, like what not, was the relationship with him? He inspired yeah. you to do it? He was de- deciding for you that you're mm-hmm. going to do it? Or what, how? Like, no, this, this, is, this is the funny thing. It was not... He, he not really decided anything because basically he trains Jiu-Jitsu and there was a kid, a kid's class, but I started in Judo. And, what, no, and why was that? A very good question. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. It's just like, I think we was in the same hall, maybe. I have okay. no idea. Because like I would idea. imagine if, you know, like, that's what I'm doing. I'm training at your gym and I also brought my daughter. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's really, a really good question. I have no idea. And later, this, this was the crazy thing in my mind. So, hmm. There's also jiu-jitsu because first judo, then aikido for me. So as a kid, basically, maybe it was the same in my head when yeah. I was very young. But there's like, hmm, my father doing jiu-jitsu. Yes, try jiu-jitsu. It was like, so he not really decide something for me. It was my decision, but he just opened all the possibilities and yeah. You know, because I, I think there, there is a certain, I mean, you said something now that martial art doesn't really have an end. So in a way, I think that Maybe that's why I'm interested also in sharing this with my kids. It's a little bit of a way of continuing it. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, because at a certain point, you start to decrease your own capacity and you start seeing like, okay, I build a lot of skills, but now I'm getting older and older and older. And it's time to bring the next generation to keep the thing going. And, and is it something that you're also thinking with your own daughter? <laughs> or like, um, yes and no. So basically I try... I don't want to force my daughter or my kid in, in any martial arts situation, but I know because I study also sports science that for kids, it's very important 
to move a lot and to move all the joints and all the fingers and feet and stuff in different directions. So I think martial arts, dancing or gymnastic and all this stuff, I think it's very important, especially when they're young. So, so between six to 10, because they, you have to learn different motion in different ways. So I think it's a, not the best idea to like to start long endurance, just running with kids. Yeah. Because this is, this is basically boring and they don't learn different movements or climbing is also very mm. good. Yeah. So they have just to feel free and, and figure out many different ways of movement, of, of catching a ball, throwing a ball, hide and, and all this stuff. Yeah. And coordination. So think, yes. So this is, this is especially for child, very, very important. So basically when my daughter wants to go to martial arts gym, of course, I show her the way. But when she wants to feel free to go to dancing or stuff like this, also, okay. When yeah. she said, I want to go and play soccer, I say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also okay, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that's maybe already like a certain cultural, not cultural, but generational difference that I think, at least in the generation of, that we grew up, I think we are more or less the same age. I mean, I, I felt that the parents had much clearer idea of what the kids should be and we are much more giving space for the kids that it's something that i i ask myself sometimes mm -hmm. with my kids i don't know how, what do you feel about it but that yes space is important and learning how to to choose it's very important because there isn't so much choice now like that's something the children need to learn but on the other hand sometimes i feel like yeah that like a little bit of a push in a certain mm -hmm. direction would also be good i'm a little bit more insisting you know i i told my daughter yeah we have to do jujitsu it's very important and we're gonna and uh yeah now like in the beginning she was she was very i mean you saw her she yeah, was very motivated very, in the yeah, classes but now it's been so long time because of the covid mm. and now i told her like yeah Ariel, well you know i hope soon we can start jiu-jitsu and then she means i don't know if i want to do jiu-jitsu anymore <laughs> like is it yeah, like what what do i do now as a parent do i say no no we have to keep going there or not yeah um, that's a good question i have no idea because I just have one kid, so it's my first try. <laughs> I have no plan what's what I have to do for a good parent. But I think just just ask her. I think I think as a as a parent or as a teacher, maybe also it's good it's good to have. So you have to give the kid or also a student some rules. So there's some some norms and some rules. This is always important. But they have also to feel free to to move inside a certain area. So when, when my kid says, I don't know, I want to run over the street without looking, I say, no. I say, no, go. You have to stop. You have to look. Is there a car? And then you can go. So this is the rule, but she can do it alone. Yeah. So this is. Yeah, I mean, maybe it leads me a little bit to the other question, mm -hmm. to the next question. Like, well, like why martial art? And maybe even more specifically, why Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? What is there for you that you think like, yeah, I, that's what I... I that's what it brings to my life. Mm -hmm. Because of course, you know, like now it's also your job and this, and, and of course mm -hmm. it becomes already something that you have to do in a way, but what is there for you that you really think, ah, that's why I keep going to the, to the, to the gym, to keep training mm -hmm. all the time. Um, for me, the big difference, because, because before I started Brazilian Chishitsu, I do basically traditional Chishitsu or Chishitsu, whatever you called it. And, in my mind, there's a big thing that is maybe missing or maybe too small in, in, in traditional Chishitsu. It's the fact that you can, you can test 
with your training. So when you train self-defense or traditional jiu-jitsu in a way historically, it is self-defense, yeah? Um, it's very hard to test because you need a lot of people, maybe a knife, cut the first one. Okay, next one. So it's not possible. Yeah. yeah. Or, or kick the groin. It's like, oh, what the hell? So, okay, next one. And when you enter more like a system who is more into sport, like Brazilian jiu and basically there's a rule set, there are clear rules, there are clear things that are allowed, that are not allowed. It's, it's easier to test. So, so I fell really in love with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. My, now I train both, but you can train and you can test yourself and you can test the technique, the movement, the situation. And, and also after some years, the same move you can develop and do a little bit different. Or maybe after some years you understand, ah, oh, this is basically it's the same, but it's another reason why it works or why it doesn't work. So this is, this is for me, this was the, I think for my mind, this was the big step mm. because on the one hand was only the training for a situation that never comes. Yes. That's good. And on the other hand is you train for the situation that comes in every training because typically for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is you spar every session. Yeah. yeah. But so, so this is I, uh, what I understand that this is kind of the difference between mm -hmm. the traditional martial art and more the modern martial art. But within the practice itself, because, you know, of course, doing jiu-jitsu, there's a lot of fun and pleasure, but there's also like a lot of repetition, a lot of, you know, uh, discomfort. It's mm -hmm. not that it's, it's a, you know, like a pleasurable ride every moment. I mean, maybe also you're in a different position because you're a black <laughs> no, man. No, 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 no. So you're I more on the, you're less on the suffering <laughs> side on the mats, but I mean, like, do you take something out of the practice that is beyond the practice that you feel like, yeah, this really helps me in other things in my yeah. life? Or like, what is the relationship between going to the gym and just being yourself, taking the, the other responsibility that you have, like a, uh, a business owner, a father, uh, a husband? Mm -hmm. Does it affect your life? I think it goes in, in both ways. So, so I think many people, so, so, When, when you start Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the first years or in the first moments of training, it's more like it's a sport. So you have your normal life, job, your stress, and you go to Jiu-Jitsu or to any other sport. And it's more like, okay, it's relaxing, re relaxing because the mind is just in that what you're doing at the moment. Yeah? Because basically when you spar, you have, don't have time to think about the kids, the family, the job or whatever, because there's not a person hitting you or making some pressure or stuff. You have just no time. Um, so in a, in a weird way, it's like, it's like maybe a little bit of freedom because mm. basically you're just in the moment. Yeah. Uh, and when you want to learn something from Jiu-Jitsu or from training martial arts, And, and to copy that in your life, of course, it's possible. But I think it's hard because you have really to keep it out of the class. I think many people, they go into the class or go into the dojo and their mind is here. And when they step out, it's, it's like a stop sign. And they're basically different people, mm. many people. So you have really create your mind as a, as a little, you have to open your mind. And you see, okay, the dosho is not really a place. The dosho is maybe in your head or stuff like this. Mm. So I think it's possible, yes. But I think maybe not for everyone.
Mm, but I know if I don't know if uh, you have a memory or something that you can share. Maybe not. Yeah. But about a situation that you felt like, yeah, like now I really I, I experienced this translation of mm-hmm. you know like ah yes I I would act differently if I if I wouldn't have this background in martial art. Was a good question. It's a very hard question for me because basically I, I, I raised up with martial arts. So, so you don't know any other way. Yeah, yeah. So I, basically it, it was always in me. Or it, uh, Good question. Very good question. I have no idea. Hmm. Really? Yeah, no, yeah. you know, it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm inviting many people to the podcast from different mm-hmm. fields. And, and there's a, there is some people who are really strong advocates of this idea that's like, yeah, physical practice translates to behavior. Mm-hmm. And some people say, well, I don't know, as you said, like for some people, you know, they, they come to the gym and they go out and they're the same person and they just learn some physical skill. Mm-hmm. And I'm and what I'm trying to figure out for myself, and and, mm-hmm. and maybe that's what I'm curious, is what is if is there a formula or is there a way that we can actually be conscious about cultivating it? Because I know it leads me to another thing that I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. that martial art in a way has the potential to decrease aggression but mm-hmm. also to increase aggression mm-hmm. because i mean we come to the g- to the gym and we are learning how to deal with chaos and how to express ourselves in a way that is efficient that is conductive and how to deal with aggression but there is also sometimes situation where you feel like that because of the practice i'm, I'm also getting in touch with my aggression and maybe some people enjoy this and they're like yeah and now i can actually express my aggression and i can dominate mm-hmm. other people and i wonder to myself if you think it's like is it depends on the type of martial art that you're doing if you from all your experience do you think that certain martial arts are more like pulling you into becoming aggressive or is it really the type of personality or mm-hmm. certain personalities are attracted to certain martial art because of that or like how do you see this relation with aggression uh the short answer is as i think it's it's the type of group or setting you enter in so i think it's not really a, so the kind of martial art i think this is not the reason for for maybe that i think it's it's a group setting situation so when you teacher and maybe some other students are more like Okay, we do this because then we are stronger and in the evening when we go party, we can hit someone in the face. Of course, then it's always this mindset in, in the heads. But I think all the place, all the people and places I know, it's it's completely different. So I think most of the um, people that train martial arts and with training, I mean training very often and at a high level, they are basically not very aggressive. And, wh- and why do you think that it, why do you think that becomes like that? Is it because they express enough of this energy in the gym and then there's no need to do it? Or is it really that the personality is being affected or you are? I know there is this cliche that you mm-hmm. say like, okay, well, after you experience, I mean, I mean, I heard this about jujitsu. I don't mm-hmm. know what you think about it, but you know, like that you, you enter to the gym with your big ego, but then you're being smashed for so many years. And then you have the experience of what does it mean to be on the vulnerable side? So then you become more empathic and you're less, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't want to do it to others for no reason, but. But I don't know if it's true because some people might be, you know, like just statistics or whatever, yeah, you know, and then it's like you're giving them tools to mm-hmm. become more vicious mm-hmm. in the world. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's the same, same like the question before. So, of course, what you learn basically in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is at the beginning, 
maybe you have, you're in a lock or you get choked and you try too long to escape. So, okay, then you tap, you escape, but bah, the choke is over and you feel, well, no, it, it was a little bit too long. Or maybe in John lock, you, you tap, but you try to escape and then bah, it was a little bit too long. And later you learn, you can just tap because when you tap, you're not really losing because it's just a sparring. You know what I mean? Mm. So, so yes, you learn that, that your ego or the goal is not really always to dominate the other person. Sometimes the goal is also just to tap because, okay, I can fight. Again, I have no problems later. So the goal is to, to, to train or the goal is not, not in the small situation. It's basically a bigger goal. Yeah. So yes, you learn that for sure. But if you can translate it to other situations or to other situations outside jiu-jitsu or outside the sports, I think this is also, it depends. Some people, yes, for sure. And other, I have no idea. Mm. But for sure, you have to prove, it's, it's not something that will end. Sometimes, and I train for many years, I'm in the same situation. And I'm like, okay, I try to escape. And, and suddenly it was a, oh, oh. I can tap, yes, but no, I have to escape. So it's it's also a never-ending story. Mm. You get you get you get better to feel the situation, yes, for sure. But 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 sometimes it's like yeah, you have to fight with your own mind. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, what I've noticed that you know, because I mean, I I've started I've started practicing martial art side by side when I started to study dance and then I let I, I left martial art aside and I came back many years later mm -hmm. and within my experiences I've, I've done some more traditional things more let's say contemporary martial art with sparring and that kind of stuff and and one thing that I've definitely seen a difference and I don't know if you would agree that like one of the reasons that I feel like that jiu-jitsu helps me to cope with aggression is that we the techniques that we are using are not techniques that demand so much aggression. Mm -hmm. like, I think that like when, when you want to punch somebody and you want to really, you know, like express all your energy, it's like you, ha you have to deliver something out of your body. Mm -hmm. It's similar like when I imagine like playing soccer, the difference between soccer and basketball. In basketball, you have to be gentle, otherwise you will miss. In soccer, you can really take everything out of your mm -hmm. foot. And, and I wonder because when, also when I, when I, I had some experiences in doing jujitsu in a mixed martial art gym and just hearing all these people hitting the, the sacks and boom, boom, you feel like, oh my God, like the energy is different. And in jujitsu gym, it's like, it's almost hipster. You come, there is nice music, <laughs> you know, like everybody's just like playing around, trying stuff. And I wonder if it's like, you know, how much is this kind of light energy that is in the gym also mm -hmm. affects mm -hmm. the... Maybe it's the type of personality who are attracted. I'm not so attracted to become very aggressive, so I'm I'm feeling more comfortable mm -hmm. in jujitsu. Mm -hmm. And when I was in the, in the boxing gym, I felt like, oh, I need to be a different guy now. You know? Yeah, I, I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I say, I think the biggest difference is because I'm a sports scientist. I have to say this: it's in the rule set. So in in all kind of martial arts movements where striking is involved, um, you have not so many different techniques or qualities, but the quality that you train has to be at a very high level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So basically in karate or boxing or, or kickball or whatever, there are not so many different punches, but the punches that you learn or that you're trying to get better at, 
you have to be very good. So it's a, you have to create a very high amount of quality mm. because it's you have so short time to to get to one side to punch to feel to 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 see oh what is coming and and all this stuff and in grappling sports especially in jiu-jitsu because you have also the gi and this opens so much more different ways of movement as you have much more different techniques qualities so it's very hard or sometimes impossible to get this high level of quality you know what mm. i mean so basically a good blue a good purple belt can dominate me if he has a good game or a good technique maybe i don't know or maybe i don't know how to deal with here and but i think a very experienced boxer when they fight or they spar against at the beginner or not so good boxer hey, there's no chance no no way yeah so i think also, of course it's also very hard in chishitsu because basically you want have more experience you're better yeah yeah but but there are more different ways you can go i think in when was it's like running 100 meter basically when somebody starts with with okay i want to be the fastest man in the world of 100 meter basically there is this this way maybe a little bit different but this is the way you have to go and okay you can try it but you're too short not possible oh you big your legs are not long enough okay basically you can trade the next years but for sure you're gonna make it yes yes so in sports science you know exactly uh what you need to go when the goal is very clear and in a thing like i think in dancing it's maybe maybe the same when there are so many different movements it's there are also many different ways and sometimes maybe sometimes it's also not very good to be too exact in one motion in one one technique or move so you have just so many many different things but it's also the reason why i like and, if, and you think so. that this difference brings the kind of playfulness into the the practice that, mm-hmm. that, that, that i've mentioned like because i i can definitely identify like that i mean that that's maybe something that i mean i've never jiu-jitsu was the first experience for me of going into a a, a martial arts space where it means that I would be in conflict with somebody but at the same time to feel that it's just a game that mm-hmm. is very fun to mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. and and in some moments I I don't have any like the the aggression is not there at all because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm just playing and of course you you know you can also play aggressively it's not that aggression should never be there mm-hmm. but that the emphasis is so much on the playfulness and discovery rather than on As you say like winning mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe that's a good that's but i think this is not for everybody yeah. i think i think you, you are in this case you're a little bit different because from the dancing and and you know that you go you step maybe you step different into this situation as i think from or when you look at many people that start to shit so a train for one to three months i think most of the time the sparring is basically too much Too much what, what aggressive or too not much too, everything? too much thinking too much i don't know what to do it's just too much okay and i think this is the reason why many people at the beginning okay when it's something too much you add more more strength you're going to more with your body weight more faster and and this is this is the reason why maybe at the beginning there are a higher risk of injuries hmm. because the people of course they can control themselves but in this situation it's hard to control 
because oh he's getting on top of me or oh he's getting to sweep me to bring me down what I have to do okay whatever go 100% okay just whatever so I think for in for, from an outside perspective many beginners it's it's just too much at the beginning and after a while maybe after half a year a year you can see it very good at the typically blue belt they basically know what to do so they fall down and say so oh, okay it's okay I can play guard now. I try to sweep. Okay, he can pass me. Okay, I try. Oh, it's not working. It's okay. So it's a funny thing, but I think when you get better or when you train longer, especially in Jiu-Jitsu, you accept more when you lose a position because it's not really losing. Mm. It's just like, okay, now it's harder for me maybe. Okay, or maybe I lose some points. But at the end of the day, next yeah. day I enter the gym again and let's go again, yeah? Yeah, that's something that I love about it, that, like, that there is not so much... The consequences for losing are not that dramatically that you will do everything that you can in order to avoid losing. And I think that this also teaches... At least me, it teaches me something about my relationship with my ego because mm -hmm. normally when, when, I, when, I, when I try to avoid tap, tapping to somebody, mm -hmm. many times... Of course, it's a quest for improving my escapes and my technique, but I also see many times that it's just, I don't want to be now in the position that I'm officially inferior to you. <laughs> and that's it. And then it's like, yeah. then it, exactly as you said, like you're fighting with your mind. And, and yeah, and, and the same thing about the winning, that sometimes it's like you want to win just because you now, like you get this kind of boost mm -hmm. of, yeah, I was better now. Yeah. Which I think it's not that I think that it's objectively wrong. I mean, we no, all no. need we all need sometimes like you of know uh, uh, some support and recognition. Mm. But you know, it brings me to 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 some other question because I think that from my experiences within the world of martial art, what I also seen some differentiation is that if you go into spaces that are a little bit more, let's say, traditional martial arts mm -hmm. or internal martial arts, all the all the types of martial art that don't emphasize competition and sparring so you are less doing what you said like the real life testing mm -hmm. there is somehow more emphasis of like character building and like you know what kind of a person you are within the martial art internal processes and which i find very beautiful that you know that you mm -hmm. take a physical practice mm -hmm. into something that is not physical and and on the other hand, when you have all the martial arts that are more applicable, that I have also this attraction to practice something that is real, because then, you know, I know like, okay, mm -hmm. it's not an imagination. It's really an, a, a valid experience. Then I see that like in some spaces, the idea of character, character building is completely washed to the side. And then you just see like huge egos being cultivated. And, you know, like there was just now this week, this example that I've seen this Gordon Ryan, this top mm -hmm. athlete, one of the best in the world and he had a physical altercation with another bjj black belt and he literally hit him in the face and i was wondering like okay so if that's the result of all this training is that we get these super egocentric people like what are we doing what do you like how do you address it as a teacher as a gym owner or like how, how does it play in your life hmm. i mean also, very good question <laughs> for sure. Um, I think you you have to you have to um, separate it a little bit because for the majority of the people that train martial arts, it's it's not the, the it's not their job. 
basically. So you do it besides that what you get the money off. Yeah. And for these people you're talking, so basically top athletes at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, they live for, for that. So that means they get also the money. So this is, first of all, I think one reason why it's a little bit different. So at the um, traditional martial arts perspective, when someone from my school hit somebody else in my school or also outside, and I heard it, I talked with them. And when there's no really reason for, for self-defense or whatever, I kicked them out because this is, this is a no-go. And this is also, in my mind, this is no matter of, oh, this is old school, traditional Tushitsu or whatever. No, this is basically, in our society, this is a no-go. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And when somebody shouts at you, ah, you are, yeah, and shouts disgusting words to you, it's a no-go to hit the person. It's a no-go. When somebody attacks you, like, like hitting you or, or something else, okay, then it's a kind of self-defense, yes. But basically, you, you know what I mean? It's a yeah. no-go. It's basically a no-go to hit someone. Yeah. yeah, we already accepted it in our society yeah, that yeah. violence is not the way yeah. to solve conflicts. Yeah, and you asked me before with the kid. When, when you see my kid who's going, I don't know, at the kindergarten or at the, the playground and he's going to push someone, it's a no-go. The kid's like, this is no-go. It's not okay. It's not the way. Let's go. We go home. Oh, why? I just won and he got first. No, it's a no-go. We go home. That's it. So you don't have to shout or whatever. This is basically a no-go. So I think most of the traditional school have a better view or relationship, relationship to this kind of norms and terms. Because as you said already, maybe there's more like um, this, this, I do it for myself, like a little bit of meditation. Like historically, it comes from the Zen Buddhism, I think, yeah. yeah. So there's more this into it. But in the modern sport direction, it's also a business. Yeah. And in business, there are sometimes other rules. I <laughs> think business and love, there are different. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there are different rules, yeah. So and also there are there are like like very very young people. I think gone Ryan, how old is gone Ryan? I have no idea. He's in his twenties. Yes. So Man, in my 20s, I do a lot of bullshit too, yeah? yeah. So I have no idea, yeah? And then involves just a lot of money and also a lot of pressure from media and stuff. Shit get them. But nevertheless, in my eyes, it's a no-go. From both, it's a no-go. It's also a no-go when you train a lot of years martial arts, especially martial arts. It's a no-go on the internet to, to write some kind of, of very aggressive words, mm. you know, because... When I have a problem with you, I'm also not shouting at you or say, ah, oh, you are whatever. Yeah. Just like, okay, let's go. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And just, I go my ways and you go your ways. This, I think this is, there are many simple ways to deal with problems, but you can sometimes, it's like in the gym. Sometimes you have, I have to win. Yeah. Why? No idea, but I have to win. So you have always to get in mind. So is it really important to slap the other people? It's really important to, to talk like one hour very aggressively for what reason ever, or is it just to say, okay, go your way, I go my way. Maybe later we can meet up, discuss when everything is mm. easier. So I think, yeah, I think traditional schools have a little bit more to focus on this side. And, and the, the 
schools that are more focused on sport, they have their own rules. And when something is not clearly in the rules, it's hard to manage. Yeah. So this this is maybe maybe a different, yeah. Yeah, because I, I know I, I know that there is, for example, some some there is one school in Berlin that is like a martial art academy that they really you know the students it's like a monastery in the middle of the city you go there you can train martial art from day from the from the moment you wake up until you go to sleep mm-hmm. and you're also involved in some activities outside and now they also start to incorporate more let's say uh, from the world of mixed martial art and they really try to make this kind of bridge about how you how how you behave and how you represent your martial art and and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do re- like what I hear from you. And I also think that maybe it's something I'm more recognizing with getting older is that, you know, life, there's, it's never an ideal. The ideal situation never comes. You can build all your life, your perfect martial art, but then you have one student who is super good and has a big ego and then he takes it into a different direction. Yeah, and what yeah. can you do about it? It's yeah. like, it's out of your hand. And, mm-hmm. and, and also, yes, but it's, but that's a, a little bit of a tricky thing, I think, with martial art that has competitive aspect. That, as you say, like, I mean, in jiu-jitsu, what is, I mean, in jiu-jitsu, you, your years of being the best is not the years where you are your best person, more, probably, because you are... Of course, this is something different, yeah. Too young, and, yeah. and many professional athletes that we look at with admiration, they're just like young mm-hmm. kids who are very good in some sport, yeah. and they play a certain role model for others. Yeah. Uh, but this this is this is the kind of that you look to some people because many people also think or I, I think that many people think that oh you have a black belt you're a very good fighter and you win world championship he's the best teacher hmm. but I think to teach something it's another story hmm. yes of course it can depend yeah but but I think they're an unbelievably good teacher and nobody knows they're good teachers because. They're not like like posting everything and not winning everywhere, champion thing and all this stuff. Yeah, so I think there are different different ideas. Yeah, and also I guess I mean I don't know maybe it's another thing to dive into, but like as a teacher, you affect your students in many situations that are not relevant at all to this goal oriented process of winning a championship, mm-hmm. which is just like you know the everyday hardship or like you're just listening to them when they have a hard moment, especially if you work with kids like. How do you see your role as a teacher? Is there anything that you think that is important for you to offer to your student beside the, you know, like all your knowledge in martial art? Or is it something that you do intuitively? Or I don't know, do you think about this stuff? Or it just happens to you with your mm-hmm. personality? Mm-hmm. Because one thing that I can definitely say from the outside is that you're, you're one of the most positive people I've met <laughs> in the world of, of jiu-jitsu. You know, like there's always a smile. There's always a welcoming energy. There's never like, a, like I really feel that you're there for the people. But do you think about it or it's just like you've always been been this kind of guy? <laughs> um, I think a little bit about it, but not so much because I think when in my mind is always, oh, be nice to the people, be nice to the people. And in, in my mind is, oh man, I hate this shit. It's just, uh, <laughs> not very, very good. And then I think it's the wrong job for me. Yeah? yeah, sure. So of course, of course, I'm very happy also because I have the luck to make my hobby or that what I love. This is such a big thing in my life, yeah, or to such my, my job, yeah. But I think for for adult grown people, I think I don't really try or make it with purpose to give them like 
a life changing sentence you know what i mean yeah. so because sometimes i know the or sometimes very often i know the people only in the gym and i have no idea what they work or have their family and you know every people have a different like a different mask so you go to the to your working place you have a different mask you at home you have a different mask you're at school different mask i'm i'm pretty sure my daughter in the kindergarten and sometimes I look at her through the window. It's completely different at home. Yeah. So, sitting there eating, no problem. And I'm so, what the hell? This is not my child. <laughs> at home is like, come on, let's sit, eat. No, I'm ready. No, I don't like. <laughs> different child, yeah. So, so it, it's not. And and also some some of my students are older than me. So so I don't feel I have the right to to say, hey, my friend, look, this is the way in life, and this is you have to mm. do this like this, and this is. Come on and pray to me. And yeah. <laughs> so I don't really try to do this. It's not really in my mind. But maybe sometimes I do this. I don't yeah. know. I have no idea. Yeah. You know, but, but it's nice because, you know, it, it, this is where I do see the relationship between the practice and the behavior. Because first, I really appreciate this humble approach of saying like, hey, what do I know better than others? Mm-hmm. You know, that it's like it's already for me like a good sign about which kind of teacher I want to have in my life rather than the teachers who knows better than you about your own life. But I think that it's also part of the practice. And maybe that's, you know, in my first martial arts school, where it was kind of a weird mixture between Chinese Kung Fu and Russian street fighting. <laughs> the teacher was from... Uh, Interesting. <laughs> he, was, he was from Ukraine and we, and, we, and we trained always outdoor, hitting trees. It was a very strange thing, you know. <laughs> But I was really attracted to him because of the way he moved. Mm-hmm. He, he was a beautiful mover. And I, mm-hmm. I also, back then, I just started entering the world of movement. So, of course, maybe today I would look at him and I would say I would react differently. But back then, he was a really inspiring figure. But he was always playing this absolute authority. No matter what you ask, he always knew the answer. He always knew better than you. And there was no moment that you would be able to, to kind of challenge his position at the top Mm. he would never spar with you and you would always imagine that he has these mighty powers on you you know sometimes he would he sometimes he would he was also a little bit vicious so he would come and kick you in the leg and you're like oh wow such a painful kick i wouldn't want to fight this guy but in the jiu-jitsu it's like you know i've been training i've been rolling with you many times and in some days that you're a bit more lazy or less concentrated i can surprise you and you're like oh shit now i need to wake up because matan today is really hyper and of course and then it's like even if you try to maintain this facade of invincibility it's gonna hit you back in the face when some really big dude come and Mm -hmm. has so in a way it's like i guess i I think i think there there is um but this is my opinion i think there's a general problem in some or especially in martial arts because many martial arts teacher they go to a school or basically it was like they go to school they raise up in the school and then they teach so the thing that they teach and not the technique the way that they teach it's 100% the same way they got teach so there's no or very less uh, evolution in teaching you know what mm. I mean so you have to learn how to teach. It's not in school, a teacher has to study not okay. only 
the things that he teach, like mathematics, they only have to learn how I can show the people to, that they are, they are, they this got into the mind. Yeah, the, the, the pedagogy. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the ways. So, that's, so I think this is missing in a lot of schools because normally you're a good athlete and then you become a teacher. Or you just stay very long time at the gym. So you're like the old guy in gym. Okay, let's teach. Yeah? Yeah. And this is, I think this is maybe one main reason why there are some teachers like you say like, okay, I'm the big boss, but nobody can fight me. Oh, come on. If I hit you and let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. I know many people like this. Yeah. And, it's, and I think it's important for a teacher or for teaching, not only martial arts, uh, to, to kind of reflect yourself, to go to in front of the mirror and look and say, okay, how was this? Was this good? Was this bad? What is the problem? Because I think you can, it's, you can always getting better at teaching. Yeah. And, and I start every half year with a different project. Now mm. I, I try, not really a video platform, but I try like a learning management system And, and I try to do this with Marcos, with my, my, my colleague and trainings partner and stuff like this. And I'm sure in half a year, I try, oh, maybe now this is also good at the end. And I tried this. So it's always like trying to get better, not only at techniques, but also trying better get a teacher. Because when you're a teacher or when you're teaching, what is the best thing? Hmm. The best thing, in my opinion, is that when all your students, and I mean all or the big part of this, getting better very fast hmm. you know what i mean yeah so like you to make so to maintain a system that can judge the how the delivery of the instruction actually works in reality and not just think that what you're doing is the best way of yes. teaching yeah that's a problem that i encounter a lot with the in my own world of edu of teaching you know i'm teaching something that is much broader because mm -hmm. i teach movement so movement what is movement you know The moment you're, you're always in some form of movement, no matter what you're doing. And, and, and the, and one thing that I deal, that I find problematic is first, like how, how to break the hierarchy, because I always teach what I'm comfortable and nobody can really challenge me in what I'm doing mm. because it's not competitive. So then I have to find ways to break these structures of, of vertical hierarchies and present that Yeah, it's my way. It's, And you just have it built in in the system. But I try. Yeah, <laughs> I try. I mean, yeah. I mean, and the second thing is like how to evaluate what you're doing if it's actually working, and mm. that's something that I think that it's it's very hard because even if you do get good success with your student, let's say somebody enter and after two weeks they already understand basic concept. Maybe they could have done it in one week, and you don't know. And you think like, oh, I got it in two weeks. Of Amazing. course, of course, of course. Yeah, this is this is also this is so it's also a little bit. It's not so objective that it looked like. It's also a little bit, yes, of course, maybe it's getting faster. But ne nevertheless, I think to create a big group of people that are having fun and a very, at a very high level, this would be, in, in my eyes, this would be a good success yeah, in martial arts. Yeah, yeah because I think you're, 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 you said now a, a group of people who are having fun together. And I think that's yes. another huge thing in Jiu-Jitsu. In comparison to like, if I, when I look at my memories from this little group, I was training in Tel Aviv with this uh, Ukrainian teacher, there was some friendship, but there was not so much joy. Like there was joy in the training, but it was, the social aspect was not that present. And mm -hmm. I think Jiu Jitsu really feels like 
yeah, like people really enjoy. I have many friends from the gym, you know, people that I I keep interacting. And and yeah, that's something that I also find quite important. And maybe in a way that's also something that you give people, no, like to be part of something that is mm-hmm. yeah, social life. It's really important, no? Yeah, that's true, yeah. For sure, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know, but I don't I don't know the reason, really. I have no idea. But in especially in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, this is absolutely the case. The people are, I don't know why, they're closer together. And many, many Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys meet up as a friend besides the gym. And they train besides the gym together and all this stuff. I don't know why. I have some, some, uh, some thoughts about it. But again, it's not something that I'm sure. But, you know, I always have the reference of contact improvisation, which is this partner dance that is, in a way, it's the... If jiu-jitsu is white, contact improvisation is black. It's like it's the it's the same skills but applied in the complete opposition. Mm-hmm. So you, you always maintain physical touch, like in jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. you're working to touch, but you're trying to be as light as possible and to enable movement. Mm-hmm. So it's like the opposite application. And also in the world of contact improvisation, there is a very strong sense of community, mm-hmm. much more than in the world of contemporary dance. And I I have the suspicion that it has to do with physical touch because. You know, yeah, maybe. Like maybe, w- yeah. when when we are rolling and we're starting to touch each other, and, and even if it's very intense and competitive, mm-hmm. I've most of the situation people come out and they feel like, ah, man, this was like a good bonding. Like, yeah, absolutely. And you know, like I think it's you know you see you you see an- animals do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you see uh, you know young cubs of lions, they roll. You no, know, it's almost like. Like playing around. Yeah, it's a way to get in touch. And I think that, you know, like if the only physical contact that I have with you is my fist punching <laughs> your face. Oh man, <laughs> it would be not good. <laughs> I think it's a bit harder to really see each other. Yeah. As a, I know what I know what I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, for me, that's definitely the also the addictive part of it. Mm-hmm. It's like you're getting used to a certain physical stimulus because I mm-hmm. think I mean, a- maybe we are not on that side, but I think many people are so hungry to just have physical mm-hmm relationship to their body and it's yeah, a good idea you, uh, yeah. such a good, good because basically in our society it's not really allowed to touch other people or i mean yeah there's much more <laughs> you because have to have a, con- a context before without jiu-jitsu i give him a hand and that's all or yeah yeah and in jiu-jitsu basically there's a new guy coming and okay let's roll roll and we jump on it and all this stuff yeah yeah, that was the first thing. Idea. That's the first thing that I noticed when I entered the jiu-jitsu gym. Which I know that it's a, it's a very awkward perspective for many people to hear. But the first thing that I remember that I was just astonished by the level of physical intimacy that is mm. almost unspoken. You know, like yeah. sometimes a guy would press you with the face, and you would like, oh my god, like if you would just pause <laughs> this situation, it's like I don't know you. What are you doing? Here? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. But but behind that now there's the goal. There's the rule set. I want to pass. So in this setting of Chishito, it's like normal. Yes. In the setting of normal life. So what the hell? Why? Exactly. But, you know, that's something that, you know, I think that's also being done very good in the world of Jiu-Jitsu because physical touch, and maybe it will also can lead us into the next area that Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you. But physical touch is somehow can really serve as a way of like healing and feeling good Mm -hmm. about yourself. But, you know, it can also be really traumatizing. Of course. And what I think is great about Jiu-Jitsu, and this is, a big problem in the world of contact improvisation that there is no codified way of saying no. And in jiu-jitsu, you can always say tap and that's enough. You know, yeah. like you, you feel you feel uncomfortable, you tap and it can be for whatever reason. It can be that you're 
your joints are at risk, but it can just be that it's too much for me. Yeah, of course. And in the world of contact improvisation, because it's collaborative and there is no aim to be one against each other, it's like saying no, it's already me like, why don't you want to be with me now? It's like, <laughs> you know, but nobody will react like this in jiu-jitsu. If I tap you, they'd say, yeah. hey, why don't you want to keep rocking? <laughs> it's obvious that there is a yeah, reason. True, yeah. and, and I think that's clarity around, around borders really makes it easier mm. to... I mean, I don't know. Did you meet people who had really negative experiences in jiu-jitsu? I, I haven't met, but I'm also doing it last year. But did you meet people who came and, te- and told you, like, for me, this was really, like, bad experience doing jiu-jitsu? Or, or you, I don't know. I, I talk with some people, and they're saying that before they tried jiu-jitsu. So they look at it, at the video, or look at it into an introduction class, and they say, okay, no, this is too much for me. Hmm. So, so, and then I say, okay, you can... Go with me or go with with your friend or whatever. No, no, it's too much. Mm. So they don't want to have this kind of contact to people. And it's okay. Yeah. Because Jiu-Jitsu is very special for a small group of people, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So so but when you enter the gym as a person and you train, I have no, they're all get most of the people get addicted. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting phenomenon. I think that's actually the, it's funny because it's the same with contact improvisation that the hardest, the hardest step is to actually look at it and say, I want to do it. Mm. But when you do it, then it has these qualities of addict, addic- mm-hmm. uh, addictiveness. And yeah, I, it's really interesting how, how this, I wonder if it's because what you said, like that it's that, you know, that we are so, that social norms around touch are so restrictive that that it looks weird yeah. to, to, yeah, I know, like I've, I've been trying to convince my wife for years to do contact and now jiu-jitsu and, you know, she's always like, why would I want to be touched by all these strangers? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, my wife's the same. It's like, <laughs> at home, she's killing me every time. So <laughs> no matter what technique here, but outside, no. Yeah, 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 it's interesting. And, you know, like I want to open another chapter because mm-hmm. we talked a little bit now about touch that could be also has negative effect and traumatizing effect and you brought and you mentioned a few times that the, 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 this word self-defense mm-hmm. what do you what do you think is self like is self-defense how like how do you approach this big world because it's, I think it's such a complicated maybe we yeah. can start entering and see how where it goes because I know <laughs> it's not an easy question but no. like what what do you perceive as the foundation for for teaching and learning self-defense I think the foundation of teaching self-defense is to prevent any physically, no, not really physically, to prevent any conflict. I think this is the best kind of self-defense. So when, when you're entering any school, any course, and the first class self-defense is, is like, uh, okay, kicking the groins and stuff like this, in the first minute, it's okay, but maybe not the best way to enter it because because I think when you have to defend yourself, there are a lot of things happened before. You maybe can go in another direction. So, so as we talked before, like Gordon and Ryan, maybe it was before another way before mm. the slap. Yeah, just yeah. okay. Let the people talk shit and just ignore it. Yeah. So why? Yes, it's just Facebook or Instagram, internet or whatever. Yeah? So I think this is this is one one aspect, and the other aspect is. I think when you teach self-defense, you have also to look um, 
what is the goal for a certain group. So I think because I teach self-defense, especially for women, and especially for women about 16 to 80, maybe 20 years. And I think it depends always on the group. So when it's a mixed group uh, from adult people, the self-defense is, you have to look on a different different kind of self-defense because for men, there are most of the times different situations as for women. For women, it's always this, this kind of sexual harassment and all this stuff. For men, of course, this can also happen, but for men, it's more more like the physical aspect. So You mean violent, like, like yes. risk of violence. Yes, yes, yes. It's because I think in our society, or in many heads, there's always... Ah, the man has to be the brave and okay, son and honor and all this stuff, yeah. And well, we have to protect the women and all this stuff. So for men, it's it's I think it's I think a good way is to get a different perspective of this mm. because then because this is kind of aggression also when you like okay, what is what is the problem? Mm. This is this is this is like the first step maybe into an into a fight, yeah. Mm. So so I think. You have to start there. But of course, this is very hard to start there. And for women, because most of the women, generally speaking, I'm sure there are <laughs> also very <laughs> aggressive uh, women. Yeah. Um, so basically what I did in the course, maybe th this is easier to tell. Um, the main goal in one course, and this is for more weeks, is that the people in this case that the girls or the women learn they can trust and they learn to hit another person mm. so i think this is the biggest step and i start always with some theoretical aspect so of course you have as a teacher as we talked before you can i don't like the system when okay first hour okay just powerpoint presentation second hour powerpoint presentation third okay basic or uh, what i can do Okay, next basic punches. So I mixed all it up. That mm. every session is a little bit funny, of course. Uh, between theory and practice. Yes, of course, of course. So the theory is most of the time like five minutes or between in the breaks. Like, okay, then I talk a little bit about this and that, yeah. So I start, I start um, the first uh, class for girls, self-defense. I start normally with, with what, what is the goal of the course and The biggest goal is to get a level of self-confidence. Uh, uh, that is the biggest protection, you know what I mean? Mm. Because basically, you have a girl, I don't know, 60, 70 kilos, a 100 kilo man. Okay, the girl is the 1,010 degree black belt. Okay, the man will win. Mm. You know, basically, because they're just heavier. Maybe the man is like, 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 like a, a sexual tick, and then you can punch him, you can break him nose. This this doesn't will stop the fight, you know what I mean? Mm. So I think the the first thing is when when you have a big amount of self confident, it will protect you. And the second thing, especially with young women, is that they learn when they kick or when they have to punch, they have really to punch. You cannot do do a small small whatever, you know what I mean? So this this is the this is the second the hard part so when you defense in a in a in a kicking punching striking way then you have to go 100 to commit and yeah 100 commit and you have to go 100 of the weak weak points 
So basically a punch with the fist in the face. Mm. <laughs> this is why there's no reason for this. It's the same like Gordon slaps Andres. Okay, this will hurt a little bit, but it's nothing. Mm. So as a woman, you have to directly go to eyes, groins and all this stuff. And this is what, what basically you have to learn. Mm. But I mean, you mentioned, the, you mentioned the thing with the confidence and I wonder if maybe in, in my world, because I, I totally agree with you that defending yourself or like be, is, starts first with this idea of not being a victim, no? like, mm -hmm. because then it's like you're a bit attracting this mm -hmm. energy or like having this. And this relates somehow to the, to the idea of like being able to place clear borders around you, what is welcome and what is, 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 what is not welcome. And, and to some extent, I feel like that just this, the practice of regular jujitsu offers it all the time because we are all the time practicing mm -hmm. what is my border. And when I feel that my border is crossed, I can also say, now it's enough. And like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm already practicing to recognize what is too much for me. Mm -hmm. But then I, and because in my mind, I, when I started jujitsu and maybe I, I was thinking a little bit too much from the movement perspective, I thought that this is the perfect self-defense martial art for women because it emphasized technique that you're lying on your back and it's always about leverage and not about strength. But then I, 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 I heard of a friend of mine who, had, who was experiencing jujitsu and had a, a case of sexual harassment and I was very surprised that she didn't manage mm -hmm. to you know, armbar the person immediately. And I was like, how, how, where is the gap? Mm. And I wonder like, what do you think? Like, where is the gap between having technique and being able to apply them? Mm. This is what I'm, what I'm trying to talk, talk at the question before. So the hard thing is that because in a sport setting, like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Brazilian Jiu -Jitsu is in my mind is a sport setting. It's not self-defense. Of course, some for, for, for what reason ever, yeah, it's the best self-defense martial arts world, but that not in my mind, not really. Yeah? So, so you have to learn because in, in Brazil, the technique you are doing is always controlled. Why? Because you don't really want to hurt the other person. Yeah. And you always try to get in dominant position and attack from the dominant position. In self-defense, in my mind, especially in self-defense of women, this is uh, not really the way to go. Because you don't have time to go to a dominant position. Mm. Because there are there are different things before and at this point. Because it's not in the head, it's not a sport setting. In the head is oh, fuck, it's my life. Mm. This is something completely different. Because you can tap whatever you want, you will not stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so this is that you have to learn when you get physical, then you have to like like you say, one hundred percent commitment. When and before you have to learn how to prevent it. This is this is the real tricky and the real good part because when you don't want to, when you don't get into a situation where you have to defend yourself with physical contact, you're always safe. Mm. In my mind, yeah. So this is the hard part, but but yeah, it's it's very hard. So when you really want to learn self defense, I think Brazilian justice might be one one part of the way because yes, you get self, the self-confidence will grow for sure. But I think the self-confidence will grow with every sport you do very often. Mm. You know, it's a, it's, I think it's one of the most trickiest areas in the world of martial art, because first of all, it's so hard to, 
to test it because it's not that you get all the time mm-hmm. it's so not like, that you're like teaching your student and then like go in the world and find yeah, like you're being harassed <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like how do you test it yeah. and that's a problem with traditional jiu-jitsu or with traditional martial arts yeah like and and also i don't know i heard i heard of because uh, i think another problem and i wonder how do you address it or is that many martial art instructor who teach self-defense there's I, w- i would say what i've noticed maybe it's not correct i've noticed there's more men i mean generally speaking the world of martial art is more dominated by men mm-hmm. so then you have a lot of men teaching women how to defend themselves but one of the hardest thing to do is to you know it's very it's very hard for me to imagine even imagine a situation of sexual harassment like you know like or of being afraid of having this tension in my body about You know sexual harassment yeah. it's so hard to to even imagine how it feels that that sometimes I'm questioning like like how how can we bridge this gap? I heard on some women woman in I think it's in Israel maybe I'm correct i'm I'm wrong, but she did some program that mainly what was what was she doing mainly is just practicing with the women. To shout like crazy yeah, when it's something happens you know it's like, a good, good, like just good to, tactic, yeah? it's a good to, tactic, yeah? to to not be afraid of you know being n- not to go into freeze mm-hmm. so you know like this mm-hmm. freeze fight yes, flight, yes, not yes, to yes. go into the freeze and that was the main practice yeah, and idea. not and not anything about actual fighting yeah, that's a good idea it's a good good way so the, when we're talking about self-defense especially for women there are different different strategies and punching or kicking are just a small part and maybe not the effective part mm. so like shouting very loud is a very good way not only to to afraid the opposite person also to oh maybe there are other persons that mm. can hear that or look and in the today everybody has a handy and film it yeah you know what I mean so this is a very good way or other ways to prevent it like like you feel okay There's somebody maybe behind me or on the street and stuff like this or what I have to do and there are there are also different tactics maybe a very simple ways just get the telephone and get a call yeah you don't have to talk oh maybe there's a man and oh police no just hello yeah mom yeah okay everything and you will see this phone alone most of the time will help because mm-hmm. when I'm going to attack you and you're on the phone okay wait you know what I mean yeah just it's a weird thing but try to change your mind okay now you're the bad guy mm. and now okay when is the best time to attack okay now it's on the telephone okay I'll wait and all this stuff and there are also typical situations like it's called um, the key trap Schlüsselfalle is in, in the Austrian world so most of the time where when when women get uh, having sexual harassment is at their home Okay, they're a big part, maybe some family members. This is a different, diff- completely Dif- different, different situation. Yeah. But when it, it's a, strain, a stranger, most of the time when you open the door with the key, okay, this is the perfect timing because then you push the woman in, close the door, and look, you're at home, at her home. Nobody's here. She can shout, scream, whatever. You can fight, basically. This yeah. is, so this is the reason why this is... Uh, uh, A critical situation mm. when you open the door and all this stuff then you have just to or just sometimes it's enough when you have some some ear especially yeah the young people always like do, 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 and, and just put it down yeah. just here here and look What and not mm, psh, ah, okay there was a door ah, okay <laughs> just just, just 
for, for maybe maybe for uh, older people this is like normal, but yeah. for for the for the young people it's like okay yeah. they have to go to school or back to home just half an hour ten minutes. It's telephone time. It's yeah. internet and oh Instagram account yes and like oh a new picture come on. And, yeah. So it's uh, another generation yeah another challenge yeah you know it's also I hear it and I also like my, my wife is she she she's always reminding me this quality of. you know, this kind of law of attractions, like whatever you, you like pull, like if you just be extremely positive, you're attracted more positive. And of course it's a little bit naive and hippie. Oh, and, sure, but it's a good, but, good way. Huh? But, but, you know, like she was traveling alone in all over the world, hitchhiking and like, and she never had any, she always felt safe. And in a way it's like, mm-hmm. how do you generate this, beginning the starting point maybe she's just i don't know like very mature person and and confident but but yeah maybe yeah i feel like sometimes when i was doing martial art that was more related to self-defense i would i was always kind of you know looking around like when is the next attack is coming and then like i felt that maybe i'm also more kind of provoking it you know and like now in jiu-jitsu it's like i don't even think about that you Mm. know i'm not interested in fighting Mm. anybody and i don't I don't really think about it, so it's just uh, it it doesn't happen in my life. But I guess that it's uh, for the majority of the people. It's like how much, how many times you really get into a place of, that you're fighting for your life. Mm-hmm. It's a very rare thing, and maybe that's why I think it's more important to enjoy the ride than to just constantly prepare for something. But I, I, I know what you mean, yeah. But I think I think there's a little different between preparing. And being afraid all the time, you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, I, I just in, in my life, there are some, when I look at myself, I do a lot of things, maybe for safety reason, but I don't really think about it. So I'm not really the, 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 the guy that drives with the tram or, or with, the, with the, or whatever. But when I wait for the bus or for something like this, there's always a wall or something behind me. I'm never standing like, okay, there's a person here or here. Never. I, I'm not afraid. And I don't think about this. But this, when you go to a bus station or when I wait something, there's always something strong built behind me. I never, and this, I never turn my back to, to some strange person like this. Yeah? Mm. And I always like, I have no idea. I, go, I enter the bus yeah, or something like this. And my backpack always is in front of me. Ever. It's not back. I'm not afraid that somebody get, oh, okay, there's a book and there's my telephone and I get robbed or something. But it's like, for me, it's like normal. I don't think, I don't think about just this. Just healthy yeah. habits. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like this, yeah? Or when I go home and, and 20 meters before my door, I have the key already here. Hmm. It's not, for me, this is normal. It's not like, okay, it's a door. Okay. Oh, get down. Where's the key? I here's the key. Okay. Most. Yeah. Then it's key time and then it's open time. Yeah? When the telephone rings, it rings. Now open the door. For me, it's- yeah, it's interesting because I also I can also resonate with it that there's a lot of a lot of things that you can change just by. Uh, I I had a conversation with a uh, with a friend of mine who is a, a very strong advocate of feminism, and we talked about this kind of about you know like yeah, women are mostly uh, the victims of sexual harassment and and. And as a guy, you are free from that. And I was kind of advocating for the idea, for the idea that, yeah, but I'm, I'm in a risk of like just being 
you know, some angry group of guys will decide to punch me. And of course, I, I'm, I'm not interested in going into evaluating what is a harsher trauma. I'm, you know, like, it's not what I'm trying to argue. But, but yeah, if I, like, I have the habit of, if I'm, if I'm psyched, if I'm walking alone in the night and then I see a, a group of four people, yeah. I don't go through them. Yeah. Just, and yeah. I don't know. And it's just because I know that the world can be a harsh place. So why, like, why would I want to, yeah. to. It's, it's like, it's like so simple sometimes. Yeah. Why would I want to take the risk of yeah. something that I don't have nothing to benefit from? Yeah. And, and maybe that's, that's maybe a, a lot of the tension between, between how men see things and how women see things in that situation. I think that. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, I'm, I'm really generalizing mm-hmm. because there's mm-hmm. a really, the spectrum is very rich and people position themselves differently. But yeah, I would, I would always look at where, where can I take the responsibility of the situation mm-hmm. rather than expect that mm-hmm. the, the other should be educated not to be violent. You know? I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 And it's a, but, but may, maybe, maybe when, when you're open to it, you can learn a little bit from martial arts or from the training from martial arts, also in this situation. Because in Jiu-Jitsu, and I think in traditional and in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's like, okay, when, when there's a danger or a threat or something like this, you can do something against it or you can use it. You know what I mean? Mm. When somebody's passing you, okay, you can block and get back to the guard or something's passing you, oh, and use this for some other motion, yeah? Or... Do a different thing or all this stuff. And when there are four people coming directly into you, you can go to the side, you can go to the other side, or can just go through it. Mm. Basically, it's your decision. Yeah. And maybe most of the time I think there is nothing, but maybe there is something. Yeah. And it's, yeah, but I really like this differentiation that you said that like being careful doesn't like being, having awareness to danger doesn't mean that you have to constantly have anxiety around Mm. danger and, yeah, and I guess that's a very, that would be a very challenging thing to ask yourself how to actually do it, no? yeah. like how to be able to not suffer so much from the awareness. Because I think, you know, that's that's a little bit the the process that I think happens when you grow up as a kid. Like you are born and you're very naive and you, you're like, I want to play with everybody. But then, you know, somebody... Slap you. slaps you or yeah. somebody push you off i remember my daughter we were in some swimming pool when she was two and two years two and a half year old and some bigger girl just pushed her off the the the, ruche, the slide mm-hmm. into the pool you know she was shocked she never experienced anything like this and that's now a little bit of the naivety is gone <laughs> yeah. and now every moment on the, on, the, on the slide could end up in this push and it's like yeah, how to how to be, how to manage it? It's a it's a life yeah. practice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a super difficult thing. Yeah. Hey, really, uh, yeah, it's um, I'm really enjoying the conversation mm-hmm. with you, and I want to also offer you some space to share with the audience, like what are the things that you're doing? And I know now now it's COVID, but you know if if people are coming to Vienna, where they can meet you? Okay. What is the thing that you're offering? What okay. is the thing that people can expect in the in the science of jujitsu mm-hmm. gym? What are you offering? Uh, so basically, when you're around Vienna, you can you can always uh, join our school and 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 come and train basically and basically also for free. Uh, we have a good like a triad week, so we can train basically for one week for I think seven euros. So this is nothing. Uh, when you want to join one class, it's completely free. There's no problem. And basically, we train every day. 
So now at COVID time, no days, but <laughs> <laughs> normally every day in the morning and in the evening. And yeah, you're always welcome to train. And also if it's the first time for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, just try it. Yes, there is physical contact. Yes, sometimes with <laughs> stranger. But you can also free to, to say anything. So if you come to training and you don't want to train with this person or with that person, or it's too much, it's no problem. So we have no, no, like you have to, and this is the rule. So, and do you also offer people like this kind of more personal coaching? Yes, of course, like, of yeah. course, of course. Uh, I offer also like a private session. I do private session in Chishitsu. So in Brazilian, also self-defense classes or traditional Chishitsu and also like, uh, like a strength and conditioning coach. Because right. basically this is also big, big, big part of my job. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I do this also. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, I can definitely highly recommend <laughs> training with Vili. And what I, again, what I said that for me is very remarkable is that no matter what is happening during the practice, whether you are uh, finishing me with a choke <laughs> or just letting me uh, pass your guard, you always keep a positive smile. And that's yeah, something that I really appreciate. And uh, yeah, man, thank you for coming. I hope you yeah, it's a pleasure. fun conversation, conversing with me. And uh, yeah, we see each other probably soon on the mat. Yeah, I hope. For more movement-related content and educational training programs, visit our website at www.movementlab.eu.